Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Now nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. And welcome to the News Vault Podcast. Before we get any deeper this time, just a quick reminder. Perhaps you're finding our podcast for the first time. We'd love to have you as a regular visitor, and the best way to do that is to become a subscriber. It's free, and you'll find the News Vault Podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. The platforms that you may already be familiar with, including Stitcher and Radio.com and the Android and Apple podcast platforms. And, of course, we also ask you to do a couple of extra things. Once you've subscribed, please go ahead and rate and review the podcast. Those ratings and reviews help us fine-tune the content, but more importantly, they help more people find the podcast, and in this case, more is better. This time around, one of the more fascinating episodes in KCBS radio history, the day KCBS got the exclusive with the Beatles. Let's reset. Time was. It's August of 1964. There is no entertainment act on the planet any bigger than the, than the Beatles in the summer of 1964. And they are going to launch their first ever U.S. tour with a date at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Apparently, at the time, Brian Epstein, the Beatles' manager, figured that he probably better book the Beatles into mid-sized arenas. The Cow Palace could hold about 17,000. He was afraid that if he picked the big stadiums, like Candlestick Park in San Francisco, for example, he might not sell the place out, and that wouldn't look good. So the Cow Palace it was. That concert was to be held on August 19, 1964. The day before, the Beatles fly into San Francisco after a quick refueling and leg-stretching stop in Los Angeles at which they were asked a few questions by reporters. There's a big crowd at San Francisco International Airport. So what we're going to bring you on this episode of the News Vault are three different pieces of audio, a couple of them from reports I did on the 50th anniversary of that 1964 visit in the summer of 2014. And included in that, you'll hear the story of the exclusive interview gained by KCBS newsman Hilly Rose. And then we'll wrap up the podcast with the interview itself, recorded by Rose, a very enterprising reporter, in a room at the Hilton Hotel in San Francisco. So let's begin with this piece of the story as the Beatles come to San Francisco after that quick stop I mentioned in Los Angeles. It was on to SFO where 9,000 fans nearly overwhelmed the police and then downtown San Francisco where a hard day's night was far from a sure thing. No hotel would take them because they were afraid that there would be damage from all the young girls screaming and hollering. Hilly Rose was a KCBS reporter that day. The Hilton Hotel finally agreed to lodge the Beatles, and it was there that Rose would score a remarkable interview the next day, the day of the Beatles' first Bay Area show. While youthful fans were primping, a KCBS reporter named Hilly Rose was trying to figure out an angle on what was obviously the story of the day. The Beatles were big 
um, but really with, with teenagers, young young people. And so guys our age, who were at that time in the 30s and 40s, working on KCBS, um, we didn't know a lot about them. Rose had covered the chaotic arrival at SFO the day before, and he cooked up a plan. He called the Hilton Hotel and asked for the Beatles' road manager. He name-dropped Ed Sullivan and strongly suggested that CBS Brass wanted to know about the threat of hysteria at the concert. And then he waited while the Beatles were consulted. So five minutes went by, and ten minutes went by, and thirty minutes went by, and forty minutes went by, and I thought to myself, I can't lose this. After that forty-minute wait, Rose struck pay dirt. He was told to get over to the Hilton and given a secret knock. The whole band was in the room, and while Paul and George agreed to talk and Ringo wandered off, the fourth Beatle made his displeasure evident. John went into the bathroom, and he began flushing the toilet. He flushed that toilet continuously during the interview. It didn't work. Rose had a directional microphone that blocked the attempted interference, and he got his interview. Gentlemen, can you give any specific reason that you believe has touched off this worldwide hysteria you're currently enjoying? Paul? Um... No, you know, because none of us know why um, people like us at all. I can't, I can't imagine why anyone would like us. Rose got the Beatles to autograph a sheet of paper and scooted back to the KCBS studios with his prize, an eight-minute-long exclusive. Hilly Rose was 88 years old when he sat down with us to talk about the Beatles interview, all of the details still absolutely fresh in his mind some 50 years later. He would pass away three years later at the age of 91, a, an inductee of the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame. And we should give thanks to that organization. This, what you're about to hear, is the Hilly Rose interview with the Beatles. It's from the Bay Area Radio Museum's collection. The tape itself, the audio tape, had been held in the collection of Ken Ackerman another late KCBS radio colleague. I should bring this bit of information to you. If you look visually at the tape box, which you'll find along with this podcast online, it has the wrong date on it. The tape box refers to August 19, 1965. That would not be the correct date. The Beatles on that date were actually in Houston, Texas. They didn't appear in San Francisco until August 31st on their 1965 tour. In fact, this had to have been the recording made on August 19, 1964. And that, in fact, is what you'll hear right now. We're talking with two of the Beatles, Paul McCartney and George Harrison. Gentlemen, can you give any specific reason that you believe has touched off this worldwide hysteria you're currently enjoying? Paul? Um, no, you know, because none of us know why um, people like us at all. I can't, I can't imagine why anyone would like us. But uh, I, th- I think, you know, we've tried to work it out with v- various people talking, and it seems to be that it's a combination of a lot of things, most of them we don't even know what they are, you know. Very difficult question, but sorry I'm a bit vague about it. George? The main thing is... Uh, because we were a bit different at the time when we came out we were a bit different to everything else that had uh, been around so that made them uh, like us because they were ready for a change but I don't know why they like us so much or why so many people like us well there are so many competitors on the market now if you will so many people who have copied you or tried to do something different yet they're not making it the same way you are but it, uh, that's always the same i mean when elvis presley first arrived 
he had thousands of people impersonating him and trying to do his style, but he's still there, isn't he? And they never did make it. It's always the original first there, first served, I think. With the worldwide adulation that you fellas have, and obviously the large amounts of money that accrue to it, your future is apparently secured. What do you look forward to personally? What can you possibly have as the next thrill for yourselves? Paul? Thrill? I don't know. Yeah, we, I don't think about thrills or anything particularly. Uh, the, the thing I look forward to is just being able to do what I want to do. I don't know yet what it will be, but if, if at the age of, I don't know, 30, when I'm an old man, uh, something like that, you know, if I feel like doing a certain thing, if I feel like just... I don't know, getting a house in the country, if I, or if I feel like, well, I don't know, just writing songs for the rest of my life, at least I'll be able to do it. And so, in fact, all I look forward to is happiness. Sounds corny, but it's true, you know. What is happiness, Paul? Well, anything, well, you know, I mean, you know, you must know what it is, you know, for your personal happiness. I, I can't explain what mine is, but, you know, you've got certain things that you enjoy doing. Well, being able to do them is, that's good enough for me, you know. George, what is your definition of happiness? It's about the same, being able to do uh, and enjoy what, you know, we like to do and when we like to do it. And, you know, all the other little things that, that are all around that, you know, that all add up to it. This leads me to my next question. In, in, in your viewpoint, how important is schooling? Um, it's important, you know. All of us have had quite good educations. I don't think it's it's not it's not the end. You know, I think the main thing is just to understand yourself or to be able to think for yourself. Education probably helps with that. You know, but I mean, actual schooling and actual learning uh, of subjects and sort of languages and, and maths and things isn't as important as, as just learning to think for yourself and think about yourself. You know. Well, the que question I'm getting at is here in the United States, uh, we have a very large dropout problem. People who say, yeah, yeah. well, they leave school. They say, oh, well, there's yeah. no point oh. in completing my yeah. schooling, my, my high school education. There's no reason for it. I'm going to get myself a haircut and a guitar or something and you know, be, yeah, be like well, the Beatles. And that doesn't make well, sense. Well, actually, does it? it doesn't make sense because I was at school till I was 18. You know, I stayed on at school quite a long time. And John stayed on at school. And, uh, you know, we went in for all our exams and things. And, and so, anyway, if they're trying to be like us, they might as well stay on at school, you know. We, in fact, on all of our records in America, if you look at the label, it says don't drop out. <laughs> <laughs> One last question, fellas. Do you have any advice for teenagers in other cities as to how to avoid getting hurt in the Beatle crush? Well, um, don't push yourselves, you know. And if you see anybody pushing, try and suggest to them not to push. It's a bit... It's a bit... Uh, it's a hard question, you know, because if you just turn around to someone and say, don't push, they'll probably smack you right in the face and you, you'll get your hurt already, you know. Um, difficult, I, I should say, just don't push yourself, you know. George, you have a word of advice? Um, just the same, you know, I mean, there's bound to be somebody pushing, but the, if the people listening don't shove, that's going to be less for a start, isn't it? But if everybody pushes, you're going to leave pretty quickly, so oh, no. it'd be smarter for them to... Uh, to, to maintain their composure. Well, you know, I mean, we always like wild concerts anyway, but the thing is, people interpret the, the word wild as everybody going around ripping seats up. That's not what we like. We like everybody to enjoy themselves and not go around ripping seats up and throwing bottles and things. Because, I mean, you know, there's, there's no sense in that anyway. 
but on the other hand, we don't like people just uh, sort of sitting on their hands. You know, we'd rather have them doing what they want to do, except when it reaches the point of ripping up seats and things. You know. So at all times, uh, maintain, comport themselves as ladies and gentlemen, but have a good time. Yeah, exactly. We've been talking with Paul McCartney and George Harrison, two of the Beatles. Thank you. This is Hillard Rose, CBS News, San Francisco. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.